This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to Manning and Mikado Talk TV. Welcome back, Andrew Mikado. Hi, James. It's been a little while since we've uh, chatted, so um, we've got a bit to make up uh, today. So this is going to be our best of 2019 podcast. So at least we do one of these every <laughs> every year. We go back and, and look at the uh, the TV highlights of the year. Don't be too hard on us on dates. A couple of these shows might have premiered late 2018, but my list is sort of what I've watched this year. So there are a couple of things that might be a little bit older. I kept a list this year, James. I kept a notebook on the coffee table at the TV and I scribbled okay. things in it well, for the first three months of the year. Well, yeah, And I, then it went a few months with nothing in it and I thought, shit, hang on, this I will be in trouble. Put that thinking cap back on. So, yeah, I, th- I hope I've covered everything. Yeah, I ended up with two lists. I lost them both at some stage during the year. <laughs> and, yeah, me too. I went for a long time without them. But yeah. I've uh, done a fair bit of swatting. Anyway, let's get straight into it. So I'm going to read through mine. Yep. Where you agree, you'll chip in, then we'll do your list. Okay, fantastic. And I'll I'll debate why did you pick those. Uh, Afterlife was my first one this year. Um, Ricky Gervais, Netflix. Yeah, on my list, and although it never went into print uh, at Media Week when I wrote this version of it over the last two weeks and someone mentioned it to me and I went, that was 2018, that show, wasn't it? (laughs) And then I looked it up and so I immediately retweeted and went, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, this list must include Afterlife. Fantastic show. Yeah, yeah, and it was pretty late on think in 2018. I certainly didn't see it until this year. I think there's a second season. don't think it's been on yet. But, um, Hasn't come yet, but they're definitely doing it. Yep. Okay. Good one. Um, look, every year I put billions on this list and people who listen to this podcast know I, I just stick with the show. I don't really give up on it. If I found it, find enough to like the first se- season, it's very rare for me to go back. Although I will say an exception to that rule this year has been Stranger Things. I haven't gone in. Is it season season two? three? Season three. This is season three. I don't think set I in the eighties. Shopping mall vibe. Yeah. Open a well, maybe shopping I, mall. I must have seen the first two. I look. I will see it, but I wasn't compelled to, to jump straight back in. Um, so yeah. So billions. Look, and I like picking out episodes sometimes. So season four, episode four, billions always has a great. Great fun with some classic rock tunes. I've talked before about the way they ended one episode with an ACDC song. They did this year. They had uh, Bob Dylan's World Gone Wrong at the end of one of the episodes. You know, it was just really magic. They just do it so well. Baptiste was another series. Never heard of it. Tell me what it is. It's a spin-off from um, The Missing. He's the... No, I what are we talking? A British show? An a, SBS foreign a show? British show, but it was about a... A child that went missing in France on a holiday in oh, France. Oh, vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and this guy, I don't know his name, the character, the actor who plays the inspector, I think it's Inspector Baptiste, is a famous French um, a police inspector. Anyway, he. this is a spin-off which just features him. I think he's retired, but they convince him to come back try and help solve this case. Again, this might have been late 2018. Right. I'm not sure, but it was it was good. It was worth watching. The Affair. Again, this is another show. You did another one you stuck to the end with. <laughs> I, just, I just stick there. And look, I think a lot of people watching The Affair have been so frustrated at times because the show can be annoying. 
You go, oh, come on. And it's all over the place now, isn't it, with grown-up kids and it flash forward, what, 20 years or something? Yeah, so it was... Growing season, children. Yeah, well, yeah, that was a big problem in that final season. But look, that final episode really got me. Oh, did it? It was just... Fa- it just ended so brilliantly. If you watched, like, say, season one and two like I did and then dropped out, could, would you go back and watch that last episode or should you not even bother? Um... I think you could. I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, probably be a fair bit of stuff for you. But, right. you know, the, the basic code, because that last season went back to its core values yeah. almost. Yeah, um, So it was Dominic West as Noah, um, his wife, Helen, played by Maura Tierney. Yes. Um, they, no spoils, yes, we're five seasons in, right? So they were a married couple at the very start. Yep. He fell for uh, Ruth Wilson. Correct. Uh, who played Alison. Yep. And then there was that centre, and he was a very um, erratic character, Dominic West. He was a novelist, a teacher, you know, a sort of a, a philanderer. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dominic West is one of those people you you mightn't like him as a person, but gee, you admire it. His characters are so good. Yeah. And if you don't like him, it's because he's too good at playing these, he's great. these objectionable yeah. characters, you yeah. know. Yeah. He's very good at playing people that aren't, <laughs> you know, aren't, um, aren't to be completely admired. But look, yeah, no, that last uh, Fiona Apple did the very um, did the the theme for very um, what do I call it? A very noticeable theme at the start of all those shows, right? And she did a version of um, what was it? The Waterboys' uh, Hole of the Moon. Oh. That's on Hole of the Moon in the last, and that's how the season ends. It's just brilliant, and the camera pulls back for a long shot. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Yeah. It's a bit hard to describe it. But yeah, Anna Paquin was also in that season five, and she was in the flash-forward scenes. Correct. Which didn't really work, and it was almost as if they abandoned them. They sort of they became less and less as the season went on. Presumably she had more to do in the affair, though, than she had to do in The Irishman playing Robert De Niro's daughter. What, seven words or Yeah, she just basically glared at him and, <laughs> and barely said anything. Yeah. Um, total control. Mm. Right, we've got it On um, my list. Yep. Well, that, Deborah Mailman. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Griffiths. Rob Collins, who's been in so much stuff lately. Yeah. Um, Anthony Aaron, Hayes is the uh, Queensland the Senator. William McInnes, leader Aaron of the Patterson, opposition. Yeah. Who's just brilliant in it. Fantastic. Um, and um, one of my favourites, Harry Richardson, who's actually an Aussie guy who was in Poldark. He plays um, the senator's aide to Alex, uh, Deborah Marman's character. Yes. He's really good. Yeah, yeah. But it's a great, great series. Yeah, really, really good. Can't wait for season two. It deservedly won an actor award last yeah. week for best drama, best actress, Deborah Mailman. Nothing to complain about there. It was great. I loved how messy her character was. Mm. She wasn't this straight Perfect. out hero. She yeah. she was complicated and she made mistakes. And I loved that. You know, it was realistic. Mm. And yeah. it was such a realistic portrayal of Canberra and politics too. It wasn't one of those shows like Rake where it was trying to send it all up and be silly. It was so rooted in reality. It was really believable. Yeah, and then the switching to, was it Winton? In, yes. Uh, was it Winton? Was I it, think it was, was Winton, Winton actually. Sort of in Queensland, Queensland. Yeah. It was just fantastic, you know. Um, so well done there. Another one I've stayed with, the course, Poldark. And it finished, it didn't it? Finished. Another one. You've, well, a lot of your yeah. shows have just finished, so you've, you've freed up this some will, space here, this James. This list will be very f- <laughs> fresh next year. Although you could probably guess that um, 
It was a couple of total control two will probably be, but I'm not sure if yeah. they'll turn it around. I don't think it'll be there next, for next year. Next no. year to be Mystery Road two yes. will be a contender next year. Yeah, and it'd have to be really bad for me not to um, go with that again. But yeah. anyway, yeah, Poldark and Harry Richardson, the guy, uh, plays um, the. I think he plays the brother of Eleanor Tomlinson, who plays Demelza in. Poldark. Of course, Aidan Turner, yep. big star of Poldark, and yep. it really did a lot for his career, I think, this uh, this series. Did he take his shirt off in the last season? Mm. Tell me he cut the grass just once. I think he might have. Yeah, got that scythe out and did a bit have. of... I'm not sure. <laughs> the loudest voice. You know, you know, I forgot to put that on my list, and I should have. It was magnificent, and I waited there every Monday for the new episode to drop, and it's going to be fascinating uh, next January to compare it to the new movie that's coming, Bombshell, with Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman and Margot Robbie. So that material is so powerful, miniseries and movie. But the movie, of course, will come at it presumably from a different angle. Should be fascinating. Yeah, look, that will be brilliant. Uh, Russell Crowe, of course, played Roger Ailes in the TV series. John Lithgow plays him in the movie. Wow. (laughs) So that'll be fascinating. Wow. What a cast. Yeah. That'll be just magic. I really can't wait for that. Uh, Gentleman Jack. Yeah, great. It was on my list. One I love. That was just fantastic. I I love getting into that British history and uh, Suran Jones. Yeah. We'd both put anything she was in on our list. Totally. For the year. Without question. She was fantastic as Anne Lister and I even got to visit the home in Yorkshire (laughs) mid-year where they uh, filmed it, which has become a bit of a uh, tourist hotspot in Northern England. Succession. Well, see, I would go so far as to say this this could have been the most talked about show of the year. If you take away the Game of Thrones finale, of course, and that stuff. But, you know, that chatter on social media when its second season started, it just seemed to get louder and louder and louder. And suddenly by that last episode, it felt like everybody was talking about it and it was so full on, I didn't look at social media until I watched that last episode for fear that there was going to be a plot spoiler. (laughs) And that... Season finale was the best cliffhanger of any overseas drama all year. Um, the, well, a couple of things. Uh, Jeremy Strong as Kendall Roy. Really, I guess I w- was thinking, who's the the other brother? Um, Kieran Culkin plays the other one. I was thinking he, in the first season, he really stands, steals all the scenes he's in. Yeah. But over the two series, Jeremy Strong as Kendall Roy yeah. just comes out as the because he's such a loser, isn't he? I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, yeah. he just can't win anything. Can't, you know, he just everything he touches turns to shit. Yeah. But but he wow, what a performance though. Just And fantastic. uh Sarah Snook as the as the sister of those two boys. Oh, wow, Australian actress, hasn't she just picked the right TV yeah. show to be in? Yeah, Siobhan Roy. Oh, it's her character and snubbed for a uh, Golden Globe Correct. award. You yeah, know? not happy about that. Not good. There was a lot, lot of Aussie. I think four Australians at least got uh, nominees, yeah. nominations this year. She, she should have had And predictable one. Australians got nominated too. I would have loved to have seen Sarah be a new name in there, but, you know, it's the Golden Globes, you know. Take it with a grain of salt. Sure. Fleabag. Oh. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I, I was a little bit late to this. I so must, was I. I must say. But oh, once you start, oh. you don't stop, do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I recommend, uh, re- recommend to, to a friend of mine and he rang me back and said, that is the best TV show I've ever watched in my <laughs> entire life. 
So now when people say to me, what should I watch? I say, get Amazon Prime and watch Fleabag and watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I don't think you can go wrong because I've just been watching the third series of Mrs. Maisel, which dropped on the weekend. And wow, that budget is still sky high, James. Really? And it's I'm still loving it. Yeah, it's, um, I've got to get catch up on that. I'm a, I'm a little bit behind. Um, and, of course, speaking of Golden Globes, I think it's Andrew Scott who plays the hot priest. Yes. I think, did he get nominated? I think, I think he, he did, did. Yeah. yeah. And and I read the other day about some new role he's got and he's like, oh, once people see me in this, they'll forget all about the hot priest and the magazine went, ah, <laughs> uh, well, you can dream, buddy. I don't I don't think that's going to happen for some time. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> get Kraken oh. was um, particularly that season final. Wow. Look, what the, a powerful piece of TV. The generosity of those two Kates to hand over the last episode to Nakia Louie and Miranda Tapsell and let them just go for it with this savage satire that they did on uh, Indigenous and White Australia. Uh, I mean, I mean, I recall when we talked about this when it first went to air, you you had it on in the background we're walking through the lounge room and suddenly went, hang on a second, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? Yeah, fantastic. And that that final episode really made me want to go and pack, pay attention to all, all yeah. the others that were I think Were they short episodes too, wasn't it? No, they were half-hour half episodes. Hour, so they, okay. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, just that that episode was uh, an absolute milestone of the year. Sure. Uh, Manhunt, a British crime drama starring Martin Clunes. Um, great piece of TV. Now, was that ITV? ITV. Yeah, I didn't see that. It was that. on seven early in the year. I'm, That's right. Could If you're lucky, it still could be on seven plus. It was about like a four, maybe a six-parter. And was he like a cop who was a dad? He had a family and he was investigating a murder? Or am I confusing that with well, something else I started to watch? I think he was investigating the murder of a French... French woman working in London. Oh yeah, no, I didn't watch that. And he was all—he was in a buttoned-up um, trench coat. No, I didn't see scene. it. Didn't it was see very it. good, very straight, very yeah. proper English uh, police inspector. That was brilliant. Dirty John. Ah, the Eric Banner one. Yeah, a Netflix series. Look, I—I I wasn't crazy on this, but then I went back and we watched. We nearly binged on them Did all because it got so addictive. Yeah, right. He played a creepy sort of con, yep. con man. Yeah. It was Netflix. Again, it came out, I think, towards the end of 2018. Yeah, and Connie Britton was the girl that fell for it. Yeah. See, yeah. She, the, the character of her, she just annoyed me. I was like, can you not see that this man's a well, exactly, stalker? Exactly, yeah. It's, it's um, like you're yelling at the TV, come yeah. on, come on. So I pulled out and didn't see how it ended, but I think somewhere along the line I, I read some real life, what happened and read what happened and went, oh, well, yeah, um, of course. He I think was, it all started, there was a podcast series, I think, I think about it was it a podcast, an LA yeah. Times reporter yeah. from memory. And again, Eric Banner, um, not unlike Dominic West, takes over a character Yeah, and you and you sort of don't like Eric Banner because you don't like the character he's playing. He just really gets into it. Eric Banner, one of the nicest guys in the business. Mm. Where are we up to? Upright. Upright. Yeah, these aren't in any particular order. They're just sort of thrown in together. Have you made it to the end yet? I think I've watched this. I think there's eight half hours. And I'm up to six. Okay. Look, I think I'm probably up to six too, and I keep saying to myself, don't forget about that. You've got to go back and finish watching it. Again, it didn't. You know, I didn't watch episode one and go, okay, I can't miss any of these. But yeah. it was strong enough, it was different enough yep. to make me think, oh, I'm, I'm, I want to just go on to the next one. Then you Correct. Go, oh, I'll go to the next one. Yeah. And they're short. It's 20, 25 minutes. 
Um, it really works. And it was great seeing Tim Minchin playing a straight dramatic role without the eyeliner. <laughs> and that girl he played opposite, Millie Alcock, she is a star. Yeah. Her performance in that, wow. And she's been in a lot of things. I've, oh, yeah, I know you from this, this and this, but wow, her role in Upright. So that's Foxtel's Australian yep. offering for summer yeah. and well done to them. Co-production with uh, Sky, I think. Yep. So we'll certainly... As know. was Frayed on the ABC. That was a co-production okay. with Sky as well. So it's very interesting. Sky are co-investing in some very interesting Australian productions. Well done to Sky. Would uh, Tim Minchin ever lose his long hair? <laughs> you said the his... eyeliner, but I can't see him getting rid of the long hair. <laughs> no, that's his look, isn't that's it? That's a trademark. That's his it? trademark. You might recognise him <laughs> yeah. Um, Lambs of God. Oh, I call it Foxtel's <laughs> gothic masterpiece. Mm. Just, I just remember watching that first episode with them, those three nuns on that island and cutting up the animals and draining the blood and just going, what the hell is this? It was just so, I just so couldn't figure out where it was going. And then when it did end, I went, well, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Like it just was a constant surprise and the art direction and the locations they filmed it in, it was just jaw-dropping. I loved it. Yeah, they did such a good job. Um, Essie Davis, Nan Dowd, wow, a couple of fine actors there. Sam Reed is Father Ignatius. Yeah. Well, what a performance that was. (laughs) Amazing. What he had to go through. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Even in the filming, let alone what his character went through. Oh, can't you? That was stunning. Dirty, stuff. cold, yeah, mm. yeah, tough mm. as. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen that, well worth getting into that over the, if you could have a bit of time over the summer. Sally forever. Right, you finally got Ju- there. <laughs> <laughs> this is Julia Davis's uh, yeah. comedy Tour on. Tour de Force. Yeah, a HBO. Tour de Outrage. Yeah, and it is. It is shocking. Isn't outrageous. It? Yeah. As we've said before, you've got to be careful who you watch this with. Yeah. Because yeah. there's stuff in there that some people won't react well I've to. shown it to lots of my friends and I can tell you that more than half of them have just looked at me in <laughs> horror going, why would you even think I'd What's find this funny? What's happened to you, Andrew? Yeah. It's like, do you not know me at all? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's very good. It's, uh, and it's Sean Bean, a guest, a guest um, part in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. I'm presuming it's still on on demand. I'd like to think I it's think still it was there Showcase, on wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was Showcase. Yeah, so it should be there with um, on Foxtel on demand. But yeah, just a, a brilliant little show. Look, The Crown. Yeah. Season three. Yeah. Okay, it looks not as great as one and two, but still pretty bloody it's good. Still isn't pretty it? good. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. I mean, if you hadn't seen those others, you'd be raving about this going well. Yeah, and I think. And, and I understand that some people, the people who don't like it have a problem with Olivia Coleman, and I understand that because every now and then I think Olivia Coleman's going to be, be funny mm. because we've seen her in shows <laughs> like Fleabag and Beautiful People be so funny. So, yeah, it takes a little getting used to. But, you know, to me the, the history, even if they are fuddling with the truth a little bit and changing some things for dramatic licence, I don't have a problem with that because it's, a, it's, it's still giving you big blocks of history that you didn't know about. I knew about that ABBA fan coal disaster where the slag rock rained down on that school because I'm a disaster junkie. I knew all about that. But for a lot of people, that was an absolute eye-opener, as indeed in the first series when they did that episode on the Great London Smog. 
I didn't know about that. So you're constantly learning about important things in history where they have to change things for the better so that sort of thing would never happen again. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's excellent. It's um, That's the crown. Um, Big Little Lies too. Now, see, I wouldn't put that on a best of list, mm. season two. First, but, first year, fantastic. This but season, you still had a few problems with season one, didn't you? No, I, I loved remember. season okay. one. I thought it was extraordinarily good. I just felt this one felt a bit rushed to me that they were and that some of the characters were behaving in a way simply to give them a moment, like Laura Dern sort of swearing and dropping the F-bomb <laughs> and Meryl Streep cr- screaming and it, it just kind of felt a little bit too aware of itself for me. I'm not saying it was bad. I watched it. I liked it. But I just didn't think it was anywhere as good as the first season, even with Meryl Streep. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I, I did find the Meryl Streep character a bit annoying. Yeah. She seemed to take over and... I didn't like the way she, I don't know, it was just wasn't completely satisfying. But, yeah. But no. again, I, I bought into it, so I think uh, it was it was, it was was pretty good and I did wait for those new episodes each week. So I think on that alone, it's, it's worth it to my list. A couple of things that I've put on, like um, factual things, if you like, cause most of this list is basically drama. So I've grouped together three here, so I've tried to keep this to 20. Yep. Um, so it will be 20, but with three as number 19. That's uh, Love It or List It, fairly simple little show on uh, lifestyle. Yep. Um, just look, they go in, they do up an old house. No, they no, they have a couple who can't decide whether they should renovate or sell and buy another joint. Yep. So, so it's Neil Whitaker and Andrew Winter? Winter. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely, yep. yep. So Neil, of course, from The Block. Yep. And Andrew from Selling Houses Australia. Yep. So both very successful um, TV guys with a good property background. Uh, Neil has a, been a magazine sort of design guru for a long time, one of the judges on the block, um, and Andrew, former British real estate agent, yeah. did TV in the UK, moved out here. But, yeah, so they go in, they so they renovate the house, plus they give the couple or the, the family an alternative so yeah. they can either live in the renovated property or move to another house. And they mostly stay where they are, don't they? Well, I think it's probably think? 50-50. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you, I can never pick it. Yeah. So I mean, it's really simple, and but it's good to have on while you're cooking dinner or something like that, right. you know. But it's just, it's always fascinating. You always go, oh, and you try to guess which way they go, and they'll often go the other way. Yep. But I just really like it. And my probably my last one is Gruen. I'm so glad you've put that on the list because there are so many shows that have been on for a long time that just pump out excellent Mm. content every week and Gruen's one of those shows. I watched every episode this season. Do you know what I think has become the highlight of the show for me? Will Anderson's opener. (laughs) When he takes the piss out of some advertising campaign, that has actually become freaking hilarious. So I do want to give a shout out to shows like that and The Project and Australian Story that just pump out. And because they do it all the time, it they kind of don't get noticed. So thanks for putting Gruen on there because it's it, it deserves to be there. Yeah. That um, Todd uh, Sampson, Russell Howcroft, of yeah. course. And then there's always a third guest. It's virtually always a woman. Yeah. Because three 
old white guys. It's good yeah, to yeah, have, yeah. good to be a little bit diverse. So yeah, they and it's I'm free to wear. There's not a lot of appointment viewing. No, and that's one I th- always try and make sure I see. Yeah, and you're right to mention the project. Yep, um, Australian story. I'd chuck in a current affair too. Well, a it's current much yeah, owned by other people. Yep, but you still go there. They do some serious stuff. When they do serious stuff, when, when Tracy Grimshaw right. does a one-on-one interview, she can't be beat. Mm. I mean, when they chase down a shonk too. Yeah, they do a good job. And they have fun as well. Yeah. I mean, this week there are things like the Christmas ham, yeah. price guide, the buying guide, things like that. Those noisy neighbour episodes, things like that. I mean, I saw a great one with a house that had the wrong number on it, but they the street couldn't sort out what were the right numbers and no one was getting the right mail and all that sort of stuff. It was, it was very funny. They sort of take the piss. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was really good. Yeah, look, all those sorts of shows. Australian Story, Four Corners, Media Watch Q&A, that Monday night lineup on ABC, I just don't turn the, t- the ch- channel all night. Yeah. And then I come back and I watch Have You Been Paying Attention, which I've taped and I watch later. All those shows, fantastic. Yeah. Um, talk they'd like to move Q&A to another night. I want it to stay Monday. Yeah, I like so. where it is. Thursdays I think I'm going to get a bit lost. No. It's, it's got to stay on that ABC series Monday, yeah. I think. Graham Norton shows another one I wanted of to mention. Of course, yeah, just good always, on you. Even Dud Guest, it's still fun, yeah. you know. Like this week, The Rock and um, Kevin Hart. wasn't that brilliant, but it was still a great show. Still great. It's good stuff. Um, no Game of Thrones. That's that's another exception to my rule of staying with a show. But I just really lost my way in those. I was never into that it. That last couple of episodes. I was just... never into it. I'm sorry. I know it was the biggest show of the year. I'm, I'm sorry. No. I don't watch fantasy. I'm not watching the DC comic shows. I'm not watching the Marvel shows. I don't want to watch The Mandalorian. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah. That's for the geeks out there to say if it's great and fantastic. But, you know, I prefer my drama a bit more straight up. Okay. Let's rip it on your list of... Okay. Things that weren't on mine. Well, I'll add Bloom in there the, okay. from Stan, Jackie Weaver and Brian Brown, mini series, doing a second series. I love it. Um, you heard me talk about it all year. Neighbours, their best year mm. ever in their 34-year history. Can't wait to see what they're going to do for their 35th anniversary. I know they've been filming it now. A whole bunch of uh, former characters are coming back. So well done to them. Robbie Hood on SBS On Demand. You know, they made a kid's show, little seven-minute snippets that came together as a one-hour segment. It was extraordinarily fantastic and it won an actor and well done to new budding director Dylan River. Magnificent. Frayed on the ABC, F-R-A-Y-E-D. Look for it on iView. Newcastle in 1989. <laughs> uh, Sarah Kendall with the big hair. And someone even said to me last night, oh, that wig she wore. I went, no, that was her real hair. She, she t- that's the funny story she tells. Everyone who came to the set said, I love your, ha- your wig. And she's like, that's my real hair. Like, I loved it. And Carrie Armstrong, who was also in Neighbours this year, she just brought such a gravitas to Frayed. You know, some of the characters were larger than life. But Kerry Armstrong made it so real. Has Kerry Armstrong ever made a dud show? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I don't think she has. Better of Roses on the ABC wasn't that memorable, but she's always extraordinary. Yep. She's my favourite Australian actress right now. Um, five Bedrooms on okay. Channel 10. They finally have come up with a good drama. I didn't think it was going to work. I thought the concept was stupid. Five strangers moving into a house together. They won me over. So. Well done there. Fat Pizza back in business. It came back as funny as it was when it started 15, 17 years ago. I love how that he, when if people say to you political correctness is dead, say to them, watch Fat Pizza. Here's a show that slams 
every race, sexuality and disability going. But the reason they do it is because everyone's in on the joke and now the show's got the African gangs in it. And, you know, <laughs> even the, um, you know, the Middle Eastern gangs, even they scream like girls and run away when the Africans turn up. It's so funny. It's so funny. Well done, Paul Fennick. You're a legend. Um, the Heights on ABC, I thought they did a really great job with that. The Hunting on SBS with Richard Roxburgh and Asha Ketty about oh, sexting. I meant to have that on That was a great show, James. Yeah. Now, for my international dramas, years and years on SBS, uh, the Russell T Davies series starring Emma Thompson as the politician. I thought it was the show of the year for me. I started it. So haunting. You got to keep watching it, James. It it tells such. It's such a fascinating what if look into the future of politics and technology, set against the background of this one family. Chernobyl on uh, Foxtel. Absolutely hard watch. horrifying hard really watch. really Christmas viewing, isn't it? It's not really <laughs> Christmas viewing. Mine are all pretty dark, actually. <laughs> when they see us on Netflix, the injustice of the Central Park Five, oh, okay. those five black men, that teenagers who didn't even know each other, who were, you know, set up to confess to a crime, a rape that they didn't do. Shocking. Um El Camino, the Breaking Bad sequel movie with uh, Aaron Paul back as Jesse. We didn't know it was coming, but it was so fantastic and was right there in the Breaking Bad ooze. Like five minutes into it, you're on the edge of your seat with your heart racing. Um, Pose on Foxtel. I thought like Succession, it was one of those shows that it, it did a second season that was even better than its first. And Pose went into some very dark territory with people with HIV and dying of AIDS and all of that. And yet they, that show is about family, creating a sense of family. And it, it, it was one of the most beautiful shows of the year for that. The Deuce finished up on Foxtel after three series. James Franco and Maggie Gyllenhaal. I was pretty happy with their third series. Um, Bluey on ABC. Oh. I think we've got to give a shout out yeah, to yeah. what must be the kids' show almost of the decade. Um, so great to see a Brisbane cartoon staying in their own accents, travelling the world now. Fantastic. And I think they've got a brand new Christmas one-off special that the kids will be able to watch this eye view okay. uh, for, for summer. Uh, slow TV on SBS at the start of the year, the Kimberley Cruise, that incredible reef that reveals itself at low tide. Uh, wow, I didn't know it was there. It's a part of Australia I'm not overly familiar with. But thank you, SBS, for showing me that. I, I had no idea that. There was something that beautiful. Off there the coast will of be more Australia. slow TV, but not in January. Wow, it's going to be a little later in mm, the okay. year. But they haven't. They're not revealing anything else just yet. I also loved Eurovision Australia mm. from the Gold Coast. I was there in the atmosphere. I watched the show three times. <laughs> um, I've never watched it back on TV. I'm too embarrassed to see close-ups of myself in the crowd that I'm told are in it. Uh-huh. But I had a great time there. And I just want to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> And the old people's home for four-year-olds. Look, the ABC did a lot of amazing shows this year like Employable Me and Love on the Spectrum and all of these really good, important, life-affirming shows that actually can give some positive societal change. And old people's home for four-year-olds, I mean, you saw it straight away. Depressed old people 
who are losing their mobility and sense of balance can get it back very quickly if you put them in programs with uh, little kids. I thought there was a massive lesson in there for us all to learn. I know it's expensive and I know it's tough and I know that every retirement village and preschool in the country can't get their act together, but we should look at working towards that because I think the benefits set it all. Sure. Okay, look, that's um, that's our best list. We don't want to let this episode go too long because we, we've got something else special lined up today. But um, my summer binging list, Russian Doll, which yep. I've never had time for, Catastrophe, which says some seasons I haven't seen. Yes. Which is nearly the best comedy ever for the first series. Fosse Verdon. Yeah. Which I haven't had time for. It's great. Seasons two and three of The Juice. Yep. Um, season two of Killing Eve, which I still haven't seen. Yep. I want to catch up on. Mrs. Maisel, season three, and Robbie Hood, which you just reminded yeah, me of. Yeah, right. So I've got to watch Unbelievable on Netflix with Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette. It's on a lot of lists. I haven't had time to watch it. That's my next binge. I'm still obsessed with Morning Wars on oh, Apple okay. TV. Um, I might check out. I, I, I've also watched Servant, the M. Night Shyamalan one on Apple TV about the baby. It's pretty creepy, uh, so I'm into that. Um, I've watched the first two episodes of The Commons, which drops on Christmas Day on Stan. Oh, okay. I don't love it yet. Mm. It's a little bit sci-fi silly for me, one of the subplots in it with Damon Harriman. The rest of it is so, yeah, okay, I'm with that. And then there's this other thing going on. I'm going, this looks like Brainstorm with Natalie Wood. I don't quite get, but I'm hoping it goes somewhere. I will watch those, the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've got another one on New Year's Day from them, The Gleaming. The yeah. Commons and the Gleaming and the True Story of They're the Kelly Gang. They're on separate days, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly Gang's Australia Day. Maybe? Yes, correct. 26th. Very good. Very good. And the other one might be Boxing Day. Bo- uh, New Year's Day and Christmas Day. They're oh, released. Christmas yeah, Day. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so it. yeah, that right. that will be uh, my plan for summer. Thank you, Andrew. Look, if you enjoyed this podcast, we've got another one up this week where we preview 2020. So have a listen to us talking there. See you next time, Andrew. Thanks, James. <laughs>